Guys, welcome back. What you're looking at is our Google document, and we have some important information that we want to go through with you. And to set this thing up, uh, first of all, uh, this is on a computer pad. And one of the problems is this, is I do not have a mouse to, so you can follow along. But I can highlight certain words uh, as, as we go along. But uh, anyway, let's get started. And by the way, this, this computer, uh, this document is found in Google Documents. It's in the description box. It's also found uh, this information is going to be on a pinned comment. Um, and the link to the Google document is at the bottom of the comment. But let's go ahead and get started and get the show on the road. Let's make sure we're being recorded. We are. We have an important update. It is the rapture date that Jesus was referring to in John 4.35 found in the Temple Scroll? The Temple Scroll was recently discovered among the Dead Sea Scrolls and is becoming a major game changer in determining the true dates of the Harvest Feast. And, but first, let's get this out of the way. The devil does not want you watching for Christ's return. He loves to quote the famous scripture, no man knows the day or the hour. In the scripture, no man knows the day of the hour. Does this refer to the rapture or something else? And that is found in Matthew uh, chapter 24, where Jesus says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. But of that day or hour, no man knows, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. In this scripture, the day and hour refers to the time when heaven and earth passes away, not the rapture. In fact, Jesus was always telling his father, his believers, to keep watching for his return. According to Jesus in Revelation 3.3, if you are watching for his return, you will know the day and even the hour. On the other hand, if you are not watching, he will come like a thief in the night, and you will not be prepared. In Revelation 3.3, it says, Remember, therefore, how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come upon thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour come upon me. The devil does not want you to know what time it is. If he can't stop you from looking by, by the phrase, no man knows the day or the hour, he will change up the calendars where you do not know what time it is. The devil has been messing with the calendars for over 2,000 years. In fact, this is predicted in Daniel uh, 7.25. He will try to change the rules about the dates and God's law. After the destruction of the Jewish temple in 70 AD, the Jewish people developed their own calendar system. 
The current Jewish calendar is based on the calculations of 12th century Rabbi Moses ben Manon. And uh, it's, it's amazing that the modern calendar that we use, the Hebrew calendar that they use, is based on a 12th century calculations. And, but at the time, Moses wanted, there wasn't a temple. All the Jews were scattered all over the place. And uh, uh, Moses uh, wanted all the Jewish people to be on the same page as to when the Jewish feasts are. So he developed the calendar. It's called the Metonic Cycle of 19 years, of which 12 are common, non-leap years and uh, uh, seven or leap years of 13 months where they add an extra month. And they always add the month at the end of the year instead of looking for the, uh, when the first day of the month, looking for the new moon at the beginning, uh, which screws everything up. The evening that the new moon is spotted starts the first day of the week and month. So the first day of the month is always considered Sunday, and seven days later is the uh, Sabbath, or considered Saturday. And, and let, let's put, when, when the Jewish calendar was invented, they did not have like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, okay? They, they had day one, day seven, or the Sabbath, 7, 14, 21, 28 in the month were the Sabbath days. And that it all starts with looking for the sliver of the new moon uh, that starts the month. When the new moon is started, then all the, all the time is lined up. And so when people say, well, uh, I believe that, that the rapture will take place on a Sunday uh, is incorrect. You know, Sunday is the, supposed to be the first day of the, the month. But again, you know, the numbering system starts out with a calculation with each new month. And it should be addressed... Uh, uh, the 1st, 8th, 15th, 22nd, 29th day of the month. But anyway, that uh, that is a, a problem that uh, modern scholars are trying to adjust the uh, Hebrew calendar with Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday uh, problem. And... Let's go on. The problem with the current calendar system is that it's correct only about 50% of the time. The first Jewish month should start at the first new moon when the sun is in the Aries constellation. This year, the Torah calendar has the first month starting on April the 3rd. However, the first new moon when the sun is in Aries constellation does not start until May the 3rd. And this is a screenshot of a star program like, like Stellarium. 
and you will notice the date in the upper right hand corner of uh, May the 3rd and you will notice that this is a, the time uh, you notice that the Sun is in Aries and the circle over here oh by the way I can blow blow it up the red circle is outlining the moon the sliver of the new moon so for this year the month starts on May the 3rd and I'll show that in a second um, when this occurs when it's everything is right when this occurs the barley harvest for the first month is not a beam uh, in other words when it's out of whack the barley harvest is not ready for harvest and uh, in this situation one month should have been uh, added because the uh, calculations is out of whack and and sometimes some years it gets way out of whack it's like two months off excuse me I'm horse got to get a drink of water therefore we believe that the true start of the first month Nissan on the Torah calendar this year is the sighting of the new moon on May the 3rd when the Sun is in the Aries constellation on the Torah calendar and uh, so let, let's take a look at it and this is the reason why we uh, have this and this is a one of the two game changers uh, this was has in the Jewish historian uh, Josephus he wrote in the book uh, Antiquities of the Jews that the first Jewish month back in Jesus time started at the sighting of the first new moon when the Sun was in the Aries constellation and there are links to that uh, of where that appears this has been a game-changer because if you can't establish the first month and the first day of the month then it messes the whole sequence of when the events occur for the rest of the year like Passover like uh, uh, Sukkot like uh, Pentecost everything is screwed up I and mean, this was by design of the devil so anyway going through this it is one month off so let, let's actually look at the calendar okay here's month one you notice that that they're saying that Nissan one is April the third okay and let's go to month two now this is actually month one you remember we saw the first sliver of the moon on May the third in the 
Aries when the sun was in the Aries constellation. So it's one month off. This th th instead of uh, month two is month number one. Month three is month number two. Month four is month number three. And on down the line, month five is actually month number four. So anyway, let's get back to where we were. So it's one month off. And... Uh, so let, let's get in talking about the uh, Temple Scroll. Does the newly discovered Temple Scroll give us the date for the rapture this summer? The Jewish people back in Jesus' time celebrated several Pentecosts, uh, in other words, Harvest Feast. In fact, the Temple Scroll that was recently found among the Dead Sea Scrolls talks about three harvest festivals. And this discovery has been a major game changer in that it tells us exactly when the Feast of Pentecost was observed during Jesus' time or when all the harvest festivals were, were observed. And let, let's go through the uh, harvest festivals that, that they describe. The first one is the Feast of New Grain. And it's held on the 15th day of the third month. Okay. This is basically the traditional uh, Shavuot. And the Temple Scroll says it is the Feast of First Fruits and the Feast of Weeks. Now, last year, we, we uh, uh, Dr. Barry All, we gave this information to him. And uh, he was looking in into it. In fact, this is what he is using uh, to determine his where the feasts are. Uh, however, I'll, I'll show you in a second. He's uh, uh, one month off because he's not using uh, when the uh, first moon was spotted in the Aries constellation. Uh, here he, he's saying uh, uh, June the 14th, 15th, is when uh, Shavuot's are, and uh, I don't know if Return of the King is using that, but he also picked up the 15th day of the third month. And let, let's look at it on the calendar. Go back to it. Okay, this is the calendar that's off. You notice that they're showing that uh, Shavuot is actually on the sixth day or June the sixth. However, here is the date that uh, uh, the fifteenth day. This is the one that uh, uh, Barry Ah is is using. There, he's using the uh, Temple uh, Temple Scroll fifteenth uh, day, and then also. Uh, I, I don't know if Return of the King is picking up on this, but anyway, he, he was uh, absolutely certain that it was going to be the 15th, which is, again, exactly what the uh, Temple 
temple scroll set. The next one is the most important. Now, it is called the Feast of New Wine. This is held 50 days after the, the New Grain Festival, in other words, Shavuot, on the third day of the fifth month. This is the true ending of the summer wheat harvest, and we believe that uh, Pentecost is uh, uh, the true Pentecost, the, the time of the rapture. And keep in mind, when they were coming up with the names, Pentecost was not used in the Old Testament at all. And when they were coming up the, with the names, you know, they called it, hey, new wine is here. This is the end of the uh, uh, end of the harvest. Uh, we'll just uh, call it uh, uh, the Feast of New Wine. And, and the word Pentecost was, is only used in the uh, New Testament. And it's very deceptive. We'll get into that uh, a little bit later. Um, and you have to understand, uh, this gets into the wheat harvest. You have to understand that there are two wheat harvests, one in the spring, about two, about two weeks after the barley harvest, and one in the summer, about 50 days from the first one in the spring. And that brings us to the question, which wheat harvest is the scriptural Pentecost wheat? Seeing as there are two types of wheat harvest, and Pentecost is the first uh, fruits of the wheat harvest, it is the duty of the serious truth seekers to find out which of these two wheat harvests were originally used for Pentecost. One of these wheat harvests takes place in the spring around the second and third month, and the other wheat harvest takes place in the summer around the fourth and fifth month. In Leviticus 23, it says, You shall count unto you from the morrow after the Sabbath, from the day that you brought the sheaf of wave offering, seven Sabbaths shall be complete. Even unto the morrow after the seventh Sabbath shall ye number fifty days, and ye shall offer a new offering unto the Lord. And uh, this is a, a link to uh, uh, a YouTube video that goes through the counting of the number of the days. But what is nice about the, uh, the uh, temple scroll is that they, the, uh, the Jewish temple determined this is the day that everybody meets on. This is the day of the harvest celebration. This is the day they did it for you. They, they did all the counting. It, it, it is next to impossible to do the count because you, you don't know, well, should I take, take into Saturday? That, that's not even lined up with, uh, uh, with the true Sabbath day. Uh, but anyway, let's go on. Notice after the seventh Sabbath, you number 50 days. If we were to number 50 days after the seventh Sabbath complete, it would be obviously bring us to the, uh, the offering offered in uh, summer wheat harvest, which is 50 days beyond the spring wheat harvest. Uh, 
but if we numbered one day after the seventh Sabbath complete, it would be obvious bring us to the spring wheat harvest. The new offering would result from the wheat sown in the new year in the spring. In the in the Hebrew calendar, the new years always begin in the spring, but is harvested in the summer. Wheat typically typically takes a hundred to uh, 120 days, approximately four months to harvest from planting the seeds. Spring wheat harvest is referred to to in the old heart as the old harvest, and not the new. The spring harvest, which typically takes place during the spring feast, unleavened bread, resulted from the seeds planted last year in the winter three to four months earlier. The new offering would result from the wheat sown in the new year uh, in the spring. In the Hebrew calendar, New Year's began in the spring, but it's harvested in the summer. And again, wheat typically takes 100 to 120 days, approximately four months to harvest from planting the seeds. The spring wheat harvest is referred to the old harvest and not the new. Uh, the spring harvest, which typically takes place during the uh, spring fleece, uh, unleavened bread results from seeds planted last year in the winter. The new offering harvest occurred in the summer, resulting from the spring sold resulting from the wheat seeds sown in the spring of the new year. This time is also in harmony with the new wine that was present on the day of Pentecost in the second chapter of the book of Acts. As the prophet Joel prophesied in the second chapter of Joel, there are no ripe grapes in the third month. That is the scenario of the traditional third month Pentecost. These scholars and some translations were also in harmony with the uh, Pentecost summer wheat harvest in the fourth to fifth month, mentioned by the Messiah before Passover time in the book of John. And this is the key. Okay, so here's the scenario. The harvest the spring harvest uh, around Sukkot uh, are resulting from the seeds planted in the in the winter time, three to four months earlier. Okay, at Nisan one, and th this is when Jesus made the statement: "Do you not say there are still four months, and then comes the harvest?" Okay. He is telling you right there that the harvest is four months later, okay? So he is saying that, that hey guys, this is basically when I'm harvesting the church, four months from Nissan, okay? So you add it up, May, 
first month he 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 told it before he mentioned that that statement that four months to uh to harvest okay may june july august that's four months the harvest is in august and we'll, we'll check that out in a second the rapture is going to be in august when he comes back for his church we are the wheat harvest that is the end of the wheat harvest which by the way happens to be when new wine is present that's why they mocked the apostles speaking in tongues oh you guys are drunk with new wine that's out you know that she got it from the local concession stand okay is jesus telling us that the rapture will be at the harvest of the wheat the bride which is the true pentecost on the third day of the fifth month uh and then he goes uh the uh, temple scroll also speaks of a third uh feast and that's called the feast of new oral and that's held 50 days after the the wine festival on the 20 uh second day of the sixth month and we'll go through this uh, on the calendars. The second of these feasts, again, like we were talking about, second of these feasts uh, that is, again, on the, what do we say? Y'all remember that, third day of the fifth month. The second of these feasts on the third day of the fifth month is very important. And uh, the second of these feasts is the most interesting because it may well explain, like I was talking about, the mocking comments of the onlookers who think that the disciples have been knocking back too much new wine. One of the things that has perplexed scholars for years is why this accusation would surface when the new wine and the new grain were not, not harvested together. But it makes more sense if they are accusing the disciples of drinking new wine at the Feast of the New Wine, the true Pentecost. In Matthew 24, Jesus said, This generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. When Israel was once again set up a nation, they were given a maximum of 80 years, the fig tree generation, before one shall be taken and the other left. The rapture and the starting of the Israel was founded in May 14, 1948. Okay, what we're doing here is we're looking at is is an August rapture does that really fit into the fig tree generation and in order to kind of look back on it when you look at the Torah calendar uh, now if you look at the the Hebrew calendar uh, that uh, Moses uh, Ben Maimon set up uh, they're, they're saying that May the 14th is on, uh, I believe it's the fifth day, they, they say, of the second 
uh, month. But anyway, when, when you uh, look at the Torah calendar, it actually says it's the fourth day of the third month. And there's a link to what that Torah calendar says. And again, on in Psalm 90, it, it says that uh, the length of our years are 70. If by strength, it's 80 years. And that, that's what he describing that... Uh, this generation that sees Israel become a new nation, they they are given a maximum of 80 years. And uh, in other words, everything must happen, the rapture, uh, before Israel reaches 81 years on the fourth day of the third month in uh, 2028, which is uh, when you calculate it using when the uh, new moon is in the uh, month of uh, new moon is in the, when the sun is in the uh, constellation Aries and the uh, first new moon it comes out to Tuesday July the 17th 2029 uh, and then if we subtract uh, uh, seven years seven times 360 days uh, comes to uh, 2,520 biblical days. And that would bring us to around August the 23rd. Uh, so therefore, uh, in order for the uh, uh, fig tree generation, it, it really can't go past the summer in order for the fig tree generation to uh, still be in effect. And, and in fact, if we pass summer, uh, we can basically throw out the uh, fig tree generation. Uh, and there is a, a good uh, video, which I'll probably... Uh, put on the the back of this that really goes into the re reasons why the rapture must take place before the uh, summer ends this year in uh, 2022. And it, it's amazing. The Lord is really highlighting Nissan one of this year. Uh, And this is a diagram that is really showing that the Lord is highlighting this Passover, this blood moon Passover. And uh, it's, a, it's amazing all the, the, uh, all the planets are lined up uh, in a straight line occurring this month. Uh, a number of the Lord is screaming this is an important date keep this in mind okay it's very important because May the 3rd 2022 as, as we showed is Nisan 1 this is the first day of the first Jewish month this is actually God's Rosh Hashanah 
This is God's Feast of Trumpets. Uh, and this is, many scholars believe, we included that this is the start of a new seven-year Smita cycle of famine, economic collapse, and world war. Okay, the, the last Shemitah seven-year period started uh, at uh, during the blood moon of Nisan 1 uh, during uh, April 15th. Uh, and uh, the next seven years started N Nisan 1, uh, May the 3rd. And we... It's kind of interesting. Let me go on here. Uh, this ended. Uh, May, Nissan One uh, started again, like I said, Nissan One 20, 2015, and this started seven years of prosperity. Uh, and then seven bad years. If, if the rapture does not start this summer, then we will have to wait another seven years for the next Smitha cycle. And it's kind of interesting. This is based on the prophecy of the two cows. In Genesis 41, Pharaoh had a dream where he saw seven fat cows followed by seven lean cows. The interpretation of the dream was that there will be seven good years followed by seven tribulation years. And the Lord seems to be hitting at this. He has given the world seven years of plenty that started Nissan 1, 2015. This is the start of a seven-year Smitha cycle. And then seven years of famine, tribulation that started Nissan 1, uh, 2022. And this is a true start of the of the new seven-year Shemitah cycle. And this cycle will end on Nisan 1, 2029, when Jesus is has returned to earth. And this is what is extremely interested, uh, interesting about this. Uh, there was a two cows born in September, uh, September 25th, uh, 2014 and one had seven both had two two sevens on it and the Lord kind of verified this pro prophecy by having two cows got ahead of myself I need to read the the document here the the Lord verified this prophecy by having two cows born on September the 25th uh, 2014 having the number seven on their forehead. The first cow was born, had a pristine white seven on his forehead with a black body. The second cow was born, had a jagged white seven on his forehead with a red body. Scholars have concluded that the first cow means that for seven years, the world's finances are in the black. And for the next seven years that just started, uh, in May the 3rd, next seven years that the world's finances are in the red, tribulation. And there's a good link of uh, 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 YouTube that go, goes into that. 
and uh, it's kind of interesting that uh, if you look back uh, those years, the the first uh, seven years have been extremely prosper prosperous worldwide for the world, and now we're starting, uh, you know, uh, after uh, uh, May the May the third Nissan won the the economy worldwide is collapsing with food shortages going to be uh, anyway seven years of bad times including World War III nuclear destruction okay let's discuss uh, the true Pentecost facts Pentecost is one of three required feasts where all Jewish men were were to meet in Jerusalem during this feast Pentecost was fully come when the full Omar count that is described in Leviticus 23 of around 99 days uh, see uh, this uh, this video is reached this is the end of the wheat harvest the church is raptured during the wheat harvest which is the appointed time this is a time of true Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was given in Acts 2 and also it's the time of the feast of new wine that is observed during Jesus' time. Pentecost is one of three high Sabbath feasts that the Lord requires all men to make a trip to Jerusalem, the feast or Passover, which celebrates the harvest of, of barley. Pentecost, which celebrates the ending of the wheat and the first fruits of new wine. Uh, Tabernacles, which celebrates the grape harvest. Enoch was born and resurrected on Pentecost. Today's Jewish religious Jews on Pentecost will stay up all night looking for a door to open to heaven. This is the only time of the year that they stay up all day on a feast day. They also read the book of Ruth. What a beautiful picture of the rapture. Also on this day, they bring greenery in the house and they call it decorating the, the bride. And finally, they believe that Pentecost is when the Lord judges the fruit of the trees. Christians believe that when Pentecost takes place, at true Pentecost, we will first be judged for the fruit of our works at the judgment seat of Christ and be rewarded. Watch this video to see why the rapture takes place on Pentecost. In the book of Ruth, Boaz married Ruth, a Gentile, at the end of the week at Pentecost. This is a perfect picture of Jesus marrying his Gentile bride, the church. True Pentecost, as we discussed, must take place when new wine is available. This year, New wine will not be available until mid-August. And again, this is found in Acts 2, 13. Others mocked, saying these men are full of new wine. Okay, in Leviticus 23, I won't read that again. But again, did you catch after reading the scripture? There are two counts, not one single count of 50 days. <clears throat> and
and, and this go, kind of goes on to the, the counting of the, the Sabbath. And again, kind of going through the uh, counting of the Sabbath. And, and this is spelled out, this is kind of a uh, uh, Manchild Ministries, if you click on this link, Manchild Ministries kind of, kind of goes through his representation of what the count should be that kind of goes along with this. If you click on this link, uh, it go, goes through. But anyway, he's saying that the second count is adding seven Sabbath plus one day, a total of uh, Okay, it, it starts, the count starts on the following Sabbath, and you count off seven Sabbaths, and the second count is adding another seven Sabbaths plus one day to our ending total of July the 2nd, 2022, making the 50th day of Sunday, August the 21st, 2022. And... Uh, it's kind of interesting. I mean, his calculation is kind of interesting that that uh, he he calculates the 21st, and that's interesting. The 21st day, uh, many people have thought it would be on uh, the 21st day. Uh, one, uh, if you click on the link, one is saying that uh, uh, they saw a vision of the Lord, and the Lord conveyed to them that uh, the rapture would take place of on the 21st day and uh so going by this count of men men child ministries uh the he believes that the rapture which i believe is close uh the rapture would be uh august the 20th to sundown august the 21st uh, a true 97 days from the true blood Passover on uh, May the 16th. Okay, here are the high rapture dates. The true Pentecost is on around August the 31st. This is the third day of the of the fifth Jewish month. It's actually the third day of the sixth month on the corrected Torah calendar. Okay, again, we're leaning towards uh, the the Temple Scrolls of saying it's the third day of the true fifth month. And let's look at it on the uh, on the calendar here. Okay, here's the here's the Torah calendar for the fifth month. Now, if, if we weren't using the corrected calendar, uh, they would have going by this of August first is Pentecost. However, because this we're going by the corrected calendar, it's one month off. Uh, month six is actually month five. So the third day 
of the fifth month, which is actually the third day of the sixth month, is August the 31st. So this is the end of the wheat harvest. The church is raptured during the wheat harvest, which is the appointed time. This is the time of true Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was given in Acts 2. It's also the time of the Feast of New Wine that was reserved, observed during uh, Jesus' time. And again, Manchild Ministries calculated this date to be August the 21st. Uh, again, you can click on the link. However, we believe that the Jewish temple back in Jesus' time had the correct date. I mean, this was the, the date that all the Jews were following back in Jesus' time. This is, I can't emphasize what a game changer this is. There's no counting. It's already been calculated and and this is what jesus was using this is why he referred to the harvest is four months from uh, uh nissan one four months it's in august uh on around august so anyway the last 10 days of august is a real high watch day but let's go on. Another high watch day is the true 9th of August. And again, on the corrected calendar, uh, let's go back there. And on the corrected calendar, we want to go the ninth day of the fifth month. And it's September the 6th. Okay, that's another hot time, and uh, this this could very well it, it could very well be that uh, we leave in the rapture before uh, nuclear war sets out. But uh, we believe that uh, this is a date of when uh, the the attack of Ezekiel thirty eight thirty nine uh, and uh, the attack. Uh, Isaiah 17, Revelation uh, uh, 18, talking about the uh, 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 destruction of the uh, United States and Russia, which we uh, go into great detail. Let me show you the Let me show you the YouTube video that goes into detail. Okay, if you click on, will the rapture occur at the nuclear destruction of both USA and Russia? Ezekiel 38, 39, and Revelation 18. That, that really goes into detail. That, we believe, is when uh, the 9th of Av is when uh, Russia 
uh, along with Turkey, Iran invades uh, Israel, and that kicks off uh, nuclear destruction of the United States and Russia. And that is both described in Ezekiel 38 and 39. That goes into detail on that. And if you click on this link, uh, it goes through all the bad things that happened, like World War One, World War Two, uh, and uh, we believe that World War Three uh, happens on the ninth of Av. And. Here are some excellent videos of why the United States is Mystery Babylon, described in uh, Revelation uh, 18. And let's add a postscript. You can go ahead and watch, review through the uh, this Google document. But uh, right now, Currently, the, the Watchman community is in a state of disrepair. Many have given up looking for the rapture this year, and most are not even looking for the rapture until fall of this year. It's like the parable of the ten virgins. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. They stopped looking for his return. When the bridegroom returned, he, he only took the wise virgins whose oral lamp was full, filled with the Holy Spirit. The five foolish versions were not filled with the Holy Spirit. And he sent away saying, I know you not. Um, and this is kind of, uh, this is described in Matthew 25. And it, it's, uh, It talks about on verse four, but the wise virgins took oil in their vessels, the Holy Spirit with their lamps. And while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and fell asleep. Uh, you know, that's an indication they all fell asleep. They got tired of watching, you know, and uh, uh, that's an indication that uh, everybody has given up looking for the, you know, they, they all, fell for the lie no man knows the day or the hour so why bother looking you know all gave up particularly uh those uh, that are uh lukewarm christians and at midnight a cry was made behold the bridegroom cometh go out to meet him and uh all the versions he took all the versions that had oil in their lamps the holy spirit were filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, uh, he took. But likewise, uh, the virgins that didn't have oil that was left behind, they were scrambling to get oil in their lamp. You know, they came and uh, verse 12, knocking, open up unto us, let us in heaven. But he answered and said, verily, verily, I say unto you, I know you not. So, how do you know if you are filled with the Holy Spirit? You know, a lot of people are saying, well, am I filled with the Holy Spirit? I accepted Christ as my Savior. I said the prayer, 
I believe that Jesus died on the cross for me. And to answer that, you, you are filled with the Holy Spirit if you exhibit one or more of the signs that Jesus said will follow believers. Okay, and uh, he, he said in Mark 16, go in all the world. He said unto them, go in all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. In verse 17, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they cast out de demon. They shall speak with new tongues. Verse 18, they, they shall take up servant, serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. They will ha lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. In Acts 2.38, it, it tells you how to receive the Holy Spirit. In Acts 2.38, Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart, and they said unto Peter and unto the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Did you catch that? You are guaranteed the Holy Spirit after you have been water baptized. Okay. Now, the In Jeremiah chapter 8 is, is a very frightening verse. The harvest is past. The summer has ended and we are not saved. It is very important. Do not let this summer pass without you being saved. Uh, I, I feel that this is our last summer on earth. And what must I do to be saved? And we have put together some playlists that goes through the steps. I wish I had this uh, when I became a Christian, uh, the steps of what, how do you get supercharged with the Holy Spirit? How do you live a Spirit-directed life? and follow the steps but let me give a personal testimony to you that uh, uh, I was baptized not knowing anything about the church I was baptized uh, as a young teenager and uh, but I, I didn't receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and I, I went through college and I faced some real bad times uh, in my life, and uh, I, I read the uh, in Acts uh, two two thirty eight that it, if you repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins, 
you will receive the Holy Spirit. And this is just my personal testimony. I, I, uh, I got real serious with the Lord. I repented of my sins. And in my hot tub, I baptized myself. And then I, I quoted, Lord, you said in your word that if you repent and are baptized, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I'm believing that you, I'm believing that you're giving me the gift of the Holy Spirit right now. And the Lord baptized me in the Holy Spirit. Uh, and I started speaking in, my, in tongues and my life changed ever since that day that, uh, uh, became spirit led, and it, if you want to know the the signs of what follow believers of living the spirit filled life, uh, there is a video at the opening that uh, I want to play you the first portion of signs that follow believers. Okay, if you click on this link here, click here at the opening, it takes you to this video, and I want to play you the first part of it. Yeah. 
church today is standing in front of a new reformation. A reformation where we are coming back to what we read in the book of Acts. If you look at the church today, it's so different from what we read in the book of Acts. Because we have like 2,000 years of history where the church has been changed again and again. We can see that the church in the book of Acts was a living body. It was a body of believers who was led by the Holy Spirit. The church was a movement, a disciple movement. business out of our body is that not prostitution and this is what we have done today with the church we have prostituted the church of Christ the body of Christ and because of that we need to see a reformation where we go so much steeper where we are talking about the doctrine we are talking about the spirit and we are also talking about the whole system the church system why we do church the way we do it. It's time to go back to what we read in the book of Acts. What makes the book of Acts the most unique book of the Bible is that the book of Acts is the only book in the entire Bible and all of scripture that shows us how to actually go out and make disciples. If you read the Gospels that lead up to the book of Acts, what's interesting is that even though these books were written at a time, like during when they were written, were probably about 30 years after the cross, but the time period covered are all before the cross. So we don't see the fullness of the Christian life there because Christ hadn't yet died, he hadn't yet been buried and, and resurrected and sent his spirit. So we don't see in the Gospels how they went out and actually made disciples. The Holy Spirit had not yet been given. And plus, we didn't have the power yet to go out and be successful doing this. And I think that contributes to a lot of the fear today for those who don't know the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus told them to go and wait. He says, when, you, when my spirit comes, you will receive power, and, and then you will be my witnesses.
is a sign in this church wall where written Jesus the same yesterday, today, and forever. We today as believers believe that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But if he's the same, the Holy Spirit is also the same. And if the Holy Spirit is the same, what we read in the book of Acts should also be the same. I've sinned and gave my life to Jesus. 
and a light came into my body and I fall to the floor and I met God. The Bible says that when you become a born again Christian, the, the Spirit of God actually comes and lives in you and you get to do the things that Jesus did. The Bible says that we should be doers of the word and not only hearers. If we only hear the word and do not do it, we are deceiving ourselves. We are like a man looking in a mirror, but as soon as we go away, we have forgotten what we saw. Sunday after Sunday, there are millions of Christians who are sitting in church and listening to the word of God. For one, Nissan One is a pivotal date in 2022. Daniel's seven weeks. Nissan One this year marks the completion of seven sabbatical weeks since Jerusalem was restored to the Jews in 1967. This is significant because Daniel's week's prophecy says Messiah will appear seven weeks after Jerusalem is restored. In verse 25 we read, From the going forth of the command to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there shall be seven weeks. The only modern restoration of Jerusalem occurred in June 1967. Counting seven weeks from the start of the first sabbatical week after 1967, which is Nissan 1973, we arrive at Nissan 2022. Reason number two, Nissan One is a pivotal date in 2022, the 50th year. Because Nissan One this year marks the completion of since battle weeks, it also marks the start of a 50th year, a potential jubilee. The Jubilee is called the Year of Redemption, or the Acceptable Year of the Lord, designations with profound eschatological overtones. Pertaining to the Feast of the Lord, it is interesting to note that, because 2022 is a 50th year, this year's Pentecost, which is the 50th day, represents a 50th within a 50th, a numeric concurrence denoting harvest and the fullness of time that occurs only twice a century. Reason number three, Nissan One is a pivotal date in 2022, Jerusalem's Wall. Nissan One this year marks the completion of seven and 62 sabbatical weeks since Jerusalem's Wall was rebuilt by the Islamic ruler Suleiman circa 1536 AD. This is significant because Daniel's week's prophecy mentioned specifically the wall surrounding Jerusalem being rebuilt. Suleiman ordered the rebuilding of Jerusalem's wall in 1536-37 AD. Counting seven and sixty-two weeks from the start of the first sabbatical week following the order to rebuild, which is Nissan 1539 AD, we arrive at Nissan 2022. Reason number four, Nissan One is a pivotal date in 2022, solar eclipse anniversary. Nissan One this year marks seven years, or one sabbatical week, to the day since a total solar eclipse darkened the northernmost tip of the globe, the point where the longitudinal lines intersecting every nation and landmass converge. Besides occurring on the biblical new year, the Nissan One eclipse of seven years ago coincided with the spring equinox. For perspective, 
A total solar eclipse occurs on the spring equinox only one other time during the roughly 750-year period spanning 1662 A.D. to 2406 A.D. Such an eclipse at the top of the globe, however, like the one seven years ago, is said to happen only once every 100,000 years, making it unprecedented. According to the Jewish Talmud, solar eclipses are a sign for the Gentile world. That the unprecedented Nisan eclipse occurred seven years ago is significant because God typically gives a seven-year or seven-day warning prior to bringing judgment. Reason number five, Nisan 1 is a pivotal date in 2022, the 11th week. Nisan 1 this year marks the start of the 11th sabbatical week since Israel became a nation in 1948. The number 11 denotes chaos, disorder, and judgment in scripture, themes associated with the tribulation period. The next sabbatical cycle, beginning in 2029, is the 12th. The number 12 signifies God's authority and a perfect governmental foundation in scripture, pointing to the establishment of Jesus' millennial kingdom. Could the sabbatical week beginning in 2022 see the start of the tribulation? And the week after that, the establishment of God's kingdom on earth? Reason number six, Nisan 1 is a pivotal date in 2022, the 354th week. Nisan 1 this year marks the start of the 354th sabbatical week since Daniel's week's prophecy began to be fulfilled by the Jews' return to Jerusalem, initiated on the first day of Nisan in 457 B.C. The number 354 is significant for a couple of reasons. First, it is the number of days comprising the lunar year. Since the moon is symbolic of the church or bride of Christ, it could be said that 354 denotes the fullness of time related to the bride. Second, it is interesting to note that Strong's number 354 in the Hebrew concordance is the word Iel, referring to a stag or male deer. Strong's number 354 in the Greek concordance is the word analempsis, referring to a taking up into heaven. That the Hebrew and Greek words related to the number 354 refer to a stag and a taking up to heaven is striking, because one of the most profound rapture illustrations in the Bible depicts Jesus as a young stag who comes suddenly to gather up his beloved. In Song chapter 2, we read, the voice of my beloved, behold, he comes, leaping upon the mountains, skipping upon the hills. My beloved is like a gazelle or a young stag. Behold, he stands behind our wall. He is looking through the windows, gazing through the lattice. My beloved spoke and said to me, rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. While concurrences like the one related to the number 354 do not carry the same way as scripture, they nonetheless give one pause. In the New Testament, the word coincidence is used only once. It is translated from a Greek word, synkeria, which is defined as a confluence that occurs by God's providential arrangement of circumstances. That is to say, where God is concerned, there are no coincidences. The remaining few anniversaries on our list are not precisely linked to Nisan 1 
However, they do occur within days or months of this pivotal date. Let's continue then with reason number seven, Nissan One is a pivotal date in 2022, the Bethlehem Star. June 30th this year marks seven years or one sabbatical week since a much publicized reoccurrence of the Bethlehem Star, the Jupiter-Venus conjunction that heralded Jesus' first coming. While Jupiter-Venus conjunctions are not uncommon, the one seven years ago was notable for two reasons. First, it occurred amid a slew of other heavenly signs, including the aforementioned Nissan One eclipse. Second, it mirrored a similar triple conjunction of the two planets around the time of Jesus' birth in 32 BC. Significantly, both conjunctions occurred in the constellation Leo in the latter part of the month of June. Furthermore, both conjunctions occurred in the first year of a sabbatical cycle. Since both conjunctions occurred at the start of a new sabbatical week, they are separated by a span of exactly 288 weeks. Concerning the number 288, it is interesting to note that, according to those who study the numeric value of words in scripture, it is the totient function of 888, the number associated with the manifestation of God in the flesh, Christ Jesus, to save humanity from its sins. In view of the correspondence of the two Jupiter-Venus conjunctions, the question is begged. Might the repeat seven years ago have been a heavenly declaration of Jesus' soon return? Reason number eight, Nissan One, is a pivotal date in 2022, Blood Moons. 2022 marks seven years or one sabbatical week since consecutive blood moon eclipses occurred on the spring and fall harvest festivals, Passover and Tabernacles. Significantly, the Tabernacles eclipse was a super blood moon, a phenomenon in which the moon's proximity to Earth causes it to appear larger than normal. According to the Jewish Talmud, blood moons are a bad omen for Israel. Could the extra-large blood moon of seven years ago, visible above Jerusalem, have been the ultimate seven-year warning? Reason number nine, Nissan One is a pivotal date in 2022, the leafing of the fig tree. March 10th this year marks 73 years since the newly planted fig tree, Israel, substantially enlarged its borders during the first Arab-Israeli war which ended in March 1949. That same spring, the fledgling Jewish nation established its first government and was admitted to the UN organization, cementing its status as a nation. Israel's growth spurt in spring 1949 is noteworthy because Jesus says the generation who sees the yet tender fig branch put forth leaves will see all the end times events come to pass. Scripture defines an average human lifespan as 70 to 80 years. Counting 80 years from 1949, we arrive at 2029. Subtracting then seven years, the presumed length of the tribulation period from 2029, we arrive at 2022. Reason number 10, Nissan One is a pivotal date in 2022. The setting up of an abomination. 
2022 marks 1,335 years since the Dome of the Rock, an Islamic shrine dedicated to Allah, was built on the Temple Mount in 687-88 AD. This is significant because in Daniel's final vision of the end times, it says, From the time that the daily sacrifice is abolished and the abomination that causes desolation is set up, there will be 1,290 days. Blessed is the one who waits for and reaches the end of the 1,335 days. In Bible prophecy, a day typically represents a year. Counting 1,290 prophetic years from when the temple sacrifice was taken away by Babylonian King Nebuchadnezzar in 586-85 BC, we arrive at 687-88 AD, the year the Dome of the Rock was set up. Counting forward 1,335 years from when the Dome of the Rock was set up, we arrive at 2022. To sum up, the first day of Nisan in 2022 marks precisely the end of seven weeks from the modern restoration of Jerusalem, the end of seven and sixty-two weeks from the rebuilding of Jerusalem's wall by Suleiman, one week since an unprecedented solar eclipse at the top of the globe, the start of the eleventh week since Israel became a nation in 1948, the start of the 354th week since Daniel's week's prophecy began to be fulfilled in 457 BC. Anniversaries not precisely linked to Nisan 1, but which occur within days or months of this date, include the seven-year anniversary of the Bethlehem Star Conjunction, the seven-year anniversary of consecutive blood moons on God's Harvest Festivals, the 73rd anniversary of the leafing of the fig tree in spring 1949, and the 1,335th anniversary of the setting up of an abomination on the Temple Mount. With the aforementioned in view, it can be said that the year beginning at Nisan marks a calendrical convergence like no other. The most compelling anniversaries are those related to Daniel 9.25, a verse purposed to convey the time of Jesus' coming by a reckoning of sabbatical weeks. It defies coincidence that Daniel's weeks may be counted separately or together and from different restorations of Jerusalem to point to the same year, 2022. This remarkable concurrence is a result of the two restorations of Jerusalem, medieval and contemporary, being separated by a span of 62 weeks. What's more, the seven weeks reckoning suggests the year beginning at Nisan could be a jubilee. Will 2022 see world-changing events? Assuming our calendar reckoning is correct, it is a distinct possibility. Thanks for watching. God bless and Maranatha. of Pentecost and learn more about this feast. Now here we are in Uyakra or Leviticus chapter 23 verses 15 through 16 and there's a reason that I'm using the KJV but
the KJV says, and ye shall count unto you from the morrow after the Sabbath, from the day that ye brought the sheep of the wave offering, seven Sabbaths shall be complete. Even unto the morrow after the seventh Sabbath shall ye number fifty days, and ye shall offer a new meat offering unto Yahuwah. Now, looking at this verse alone, the common tradition is just to say, oh, so this means we count seven Shabbats to get 49 days, and then on the 50th day is the Pentecost. Now, is it talking about this specifically, or is it talking about numbering another 50 days separate from this? Now, we're not going to go too much in detail into this, but we see when it comes to other versions, they all say the same thing in Leviticus chapter 23, verses 15, where it talks about the seven weeks or the seven Shabbats from the count of first fruits that we observe Pentecost. And we see right here, the NIV says count off seven full weeks, count off seven full weeks. And if we keep scrolling down and go all the way to the KJV, it says seven Shabbats shall be complete. And if you keep going down, it pretty much says the same thing. But notice how in verse 16, when it comes to other versions, note what some of them say. If you go to the KJV first, like we went to, it says you shall number 50 days. But if you go up to the NIV, it says count off 50 days up to the day after the seventh Shabbat and then present an offering. So we see that there are two different things here. The NLT even says, keep counting until the day after the seventh Shabbat, 50 days later. Notice how this version says to keep counting. And then the ESV says, you shall count 50 days to the day after the seventh Shabbat. So we see in these versions alone, there are two different counts. So then why is it that the KJV makes it seem like that it's 50 days total? And why have we been told this in Jewish tradition? Now, here's the translation. This comes from the Ferrari Fenton version, and this is the same verse, Leviticus 23, verses 15 through 16, and it says right here, You shall also count for yourselves from the day after the Sabbath that you bring the wave sheep seven Sabbaths. They must be complete. So we see from the time of first fruits all the way up until this time, seven Sabbaths are to be complete. But then notice what verse 16 says. Then after the seventh Sabbath, you shall count 50 days when you shall present a new offering unto Yahuwah. So we see that this says after seven Shabbats, we are to count another 50 days and not just count one day to get a total of 50, but rather to number seven Shabbats. And then after the seven Shabbats or 49 days, then we count another 50 days for a total of 99 days. So then why does the KJV use the word number in verse 16? Why do they use that word to make us think that it's only a 50-day total count when really it's two separate counts? It's the seven Shabbats and then it's another additional 50 days after that. But why is the KJV being so deceptive in their wording and in their language? 
Very interesting and suspicious indeed. But now we're here and we're looking at what the actual Hebrew Yahudius says in Leviticus chapter 23 verses 15. And look at the word count right here where it says count. This is the word right here. Sapar is the root. It's from H5608. And the reason this is so important is because when you look at this word to its entirety, right here you see it means Sapar. It's found over 160 times in scripture. It can mean tell or recount relate. Ironically enough, it can also be book. But when you look at verse 16, you see the exact same word that's used right here, and you see the same word that's used right here for H5608. But here it says number, but we just looked at it in the actual Hebrew, and it actually means the word count. Why is this so important, and why do they use the same Hebrew word twice in the same verses right here in both verse 15 and verse 16? Because this is an indication that there are two counts here. The first count is the seven Shabbats, but the second count is the additional 50 days. So this word should actually say count and not number because they give the illusion that it's a total of only 50 days. But when you actually look at that, you'll see that that's only seven Shabbats and an additional one day count as an opposed to 50. Another delusion that we're going to be talking about later on is the actual word Pentecost because the word Pentecost means 50, but what you're going to find out is that that word is absolutely nowhere in the Old Testament. That is a Greek addition, but once again, we'll be talking more about that later on. Another thing I would like to turn your attention to is this word right here in the KJV, which is ud, or even two. This is H5704, which means even two, at least right here it does in the KJV. And if you actually look at Strong's Concordance, if we scroll up a little bit more, you can actually see it means as far as, even to, up to, until, while it can also be a preposition and a conjunction it can mean unto and it has well over a thousand occurrences in the scriptures and the brown driver briggs dictionary pretty much gives you the same definitions as you can see right here as far as even to up to until and while but there's another definition that they're leaving out conveniently and that one is right here actually now, this comes from a Hebrew and English lexicon of the Old Testament that was published back in 1906, and we're here at page 723, and the reason that we're here is because when you look at the word that we already just looked at, the ud, which commonly means even to, or while, or until, and is used as a preposition and a conjunction, there's also another definition that's very important, and that's this one right here, which means a future time. So when you see that word, it's indicating and referring to a future time or something that you do in the future. So when it says that in verse 16, when it says even two, it's talking about a future time. So what that's talking about is the 50 days is separate from the seven Shabbats. It's indicating and relating to a future time. 
Now, these are just some witnesses to let us know that, in fact, there is a separate count. There's two different counts when it comes to Shabuah or Pentecost. There's the first one, which is the seven Shabbats after first fruits. And then right after those seven Shabbats, there's another 50 days for a total of, like I said, of 99 days as opposed to what's traditionally taught as 50 days. And it's so ironic because you see the 50 days being pushed when it comes to Jewish traditions and even in Christianity when it comes to the Pentecost there. And we'll be talking more about that later on. But another witness to this is when scripture and the Torah talks about three times a year and how the feasts are to be observed. And we see in Shemuth or Exodus chapter 23 verses 14 through 17 where it says three times in the year you are to observe a festival to me. It says as guard the festival of unleavened bread. Seven days you eat unleavened bread as I commanded you at the time appointed in the month of Abiyab or Abib. For in it you came out of Matsaryam or Egypt and do not appear before me empty handed. And then verse 16 says, in the festival of the harvest. Now this is talking about the Pentecost, the first fruits of your labors, which you have sown in the field. And notice how it says first fruits right here. This is very important. And the festival of the ingathering, that's talking about tabernacles at the outgoing of the year, when you have gathered in the fruit of your labors from the field. Three times in the year, all your males are to appear before the sovereign Yahuwah. Now, two more witnesses of this is when it says in Shemut, Exodus chapter 34, verses 22 through 23, celebrate the festival of weeks with the first fruits of the wheat harvest and the festival of ingathering at the turn of the year. Now, this is very important indeed when it says first fruits of the wheat harvest, because what they do not want you to know and what they're not going to tell you, agriculturally speaking, is that there were two wheat harvests. There's the spring wheat harvest that comes for the spring feast but there's also the summer wheat harvest is this talking about the one in the spring or the one in the summer where pentecost is let's keep going uh, it says then in verse 23 three times a year all your men are to appear before the sovereign yahuwah the alua of yasharal and then also debarium or deuteronomy chapter 16 verses 16 where it says three times in a year all your males shall appear before yahuwah your alua in the place which he chooses at the festival of unleavened bread, so that's the first one, which is in the spring, and at the feast of weeks, which is in the summer, which is Pentecost, and at the feast of booths, and they shall not appear before Yahuwah empty-handed, and we know this is tabernacles, which is in the fall, so we have right here the spring feast, which is unleavened bread, the feast of weeks, which is Pentecost, now although it's commonly in the spring, traditionally speaking, we know that it should be in the summer, and then feast of booths, or tabernacles, which is in the fall, and that is where we get right here the spring, summer, and the fall, or three times per year. Which also makes sense, too, because when you actually look at it together, when you look at all seven of them, we know that the first three take place in the spring, and we know that the last three take place in the fall, but the one in the middle, which is commonly known as Pentecost or Shabuah or Shabuah Uth, 
Note how it's the fourth feast. It's the one right in the middle. So that's an indication, too, that it takes place when? In the fourth month, because the fourth month indicates the summertime, just like these take place in the first month right here, which is in the Hebrew calendar. That's the spring. This one takes place in the summer, which is the fourth month. And this one takes place in the fall, which is the seventh month. Now we're going to talk more about the two different wheat harvests, and prayerfully this is making sense. If you have any questions about this, please email me at truthunveiled77 at gmail.com. But what they typically do not tell you is that agriculturally speaking, there are two wheat harvests in Yasharal. And when you understand the two of them, there's one in the spring, and there's also one in the summer, too. And it says here that there are two wheat harvests, one in the spring, about two weeks after barley harvest and the one in the summer about 50 days after the one in the spring. So now that we know that there are two, we know that we have to find which one does the Pentecost fall under. Does it fall under the one with the spring, or does it fall under the one in the summer? Now this says here, one of these wheat harvests takes place in the spring around the second and third month, and the other wheat harvest takes place in the summer around the fourth and the fifth month. But if you look at verse 16, you'll see right here it says, offer a new offering unto Yahuwah. And the reason that we're new is so important is because agriculturally speaking, it's talking about something that's offered in the new year. So when you look at the new offering, the new offering typically, agriculturally speaking, is harvested in the summer. And the reason that we know this is because in the new year, it would have been sown in the spring. So if the seed is sown in the spring, it's harvested in the summer. Now, for wheat specifically, it typically takes 100 to 120 days or about four months for the time for wheat to go from a seed all the way until harvest. So if you sow the seed and sow a wheat seed in the spring at the beginning towards the spring feast, you'll arrive about four months later at the fourth month. And that's also where it talks about in Yaukanan, John chapter 4, verses 35, about the four months. And we'll be talking about that later. But then there's also the spring wheat harvest. This is talking about the old harvest. And the reason that's the old harvest is because this harvest, those seeds were sown back in the wintertime. Well, when you look at the wintertime in the Hebrew calendar, that's actually the end of the year. So therefore, it makes it the old harvest. So if you look at a more proper timeline, you start to see that the spring harvest or the harvest that typically takes place around the spring feast, unleavened bread, those seeds that were sown were sown around the winter time in the old year, the year before. But after the spring harvest, it's now time to sow new seeds, and these new seeds are talking about the new offerings. As we read in Leviticus chapter 23, verses 15 through 16, because they were sown in the new year. And because they were sown in the new year, it takes about four months for them to grow. And by the time they grow and have a harvest, the harvest will come in the summer. And that's what scripture is talking about when it's talking about the wheat harvest. So in a quick review, we covered how there are actually two counts when it comes to this. The first count takes place with the seven Shabbats, or counting seven Sabbaths after first fruits. But then after that, we 
we have to count another 50 days, and that's the second count, in order to arrive to Pentecost, which is in the summer, sometime in the fourth month. Now, in my restored calendar, when you look at the Gregorian calendar, I'm going to be observing Pentecost, Yahuwah willing, in the middle of the seventh month on 7-15-2017 through 7-16-2017. And like I said, if you would like more information on that, please email me so I can send you that information and more. But here, this says, too, that Fenton's translation, and this is the one that we read earlier, is also in harmony with the new wine that was present on the day of Pentecost in the second chapter of the book of Acts. As the prophet you all, or Joel, prophesied in the second chapter, there are no ripe grapes in the third month, and neither is there a hog mentioned in the third month in the scenario of the traditional third month Pentecost, or the one that's typically in the spring, because the third month is the spring. And this is according to if you only count 50 days as opposed to both the seven Shabbats and the 50-day count. But it goes on to say that these scholars and some translations are also in harmony with the Pentecost summer wheat harvest in the fourth month mentioned by Yahusha at Passover time in the book of Yahukanan John, which we mentioned earlier, where it says, do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? And this is talking about, again, once again, the difference between the spring harvest and the summer harvest. The scholars and translations we have mentioned are also in harmony with the many other things that we have covered in the discussion of Pentecost. Now, the last thing we'll be going over is the actual word Pentecost and how this word is, in fact, a deception when it comes to this. And we're going to be taking a look at some of the ancient texts, see what they had to say with scripture all the way back in the 1500s to see what they actually said regarding this, even in the New Testament. Now, I'm here at Online Etymology Dictionary, which says Pentecost. You can see right here, it comes from late Latin Pentecosta, from the Greek Pentecosta, which means 50th day. And it's the feminine of Pentecostos or from Pentecosta 50 from Penta 5. So we know that this is a Greek Latin word, which means 50 or 5. Well, the problem is using that word Pentecost for this feast, that's part of the deception because it makes you automatically think that, oh, it's automatically 50 days. And we know there's also an issue when it comes to that, too, because we know both the Jewish people and the Christian people observe it based on 50 days. The Jewish people, 50th day of the Omer, and then the Christians, 50 days after Easter. So we see, once again, not to heed to fables and traditions, and also that Yahuwah has caused the feast to be forgotten in Zayun, as scripture tells us in Titus 1.14 and Lamentations 2.6. And as I said earlier, too, the word Pentecost itself, that actual word is nowhere in the Old Testament whatsoever. You only see that word three places in the New Testament, and we're going to be going over that in just a moment to come. Because in the Old Testament, it's actually referred to as the Feast of Weeks or the Harvest Festival. And that is what it's called in the Old Testament. And that's what you see. You do not see the word Pentecost whatsoever. Why is that so important? Because what we have to not heed to what the fables of tradition and Jewish tradition. Because where did that word come from? It came from Hellenistic Jews that gave it the name Pentecost. And of course, with Greek influence, which is from from Jewish tradition, which is where you get the tradition of the 50 days and the Christian tradition too. Now
now it's interesting when you actually look at the three places that you see the word Pentecost in the New Testament, you see it in Acts chapter 2 verses 1, Acts chapter 20 verses 16 right here, and also in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 verses 8. Now there's something interesting about this because many of these versions, they all pretty much say Pentecost right here, and from looking at this before, there's pretty much only one place in the entire version that actually uses the word uh, Harvest Festival, and that's the Weymouth New Testament where it says Harvest Festival as opposed to Pentecost. The same is true in Acts chapter 20, verses 16. You see the word Pentecost in the NIV. If you keep going, you pretty much see the word Pentecost everywhere. I'm just going to quickly scroll. I'll be sure to leave this in the description box below. The ISV also uses the word Pentecost. And if you keep going, the word Pentecost is used here. And let's keep going down to the KJV. It's used in Pentecost um, too. Now, if you keep going once again to the Weymouth, it uses Harvest Festival. And it's pretty much the only version that does. And even the Youngs uses Pentecost. And then the last verse that has the word Pentecost in the New Testament, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 8, you see they all pretty much use the word Pentecost right here. And of course, the Weymouth uses the word Harvest Festival, which it is correctly called because we see that referenced in the Old Testament. And like I said, I thought it was very interesting and suspicious indeed that the Weymouth is the only version in here that uses the word Harvest Festival correctly as opposed to Pentecost again the delusion Another thing I thought that was very interesting and suspicious indeed about all of this is when you look at some of the older translations and some of the very ancient texts of scriptures going back to the 1500s, nearly 500 years ago, you start to see that they use something else. Because here we are at the 1526 Tyndale New Testament, and we're at page 156, and the reason we're here is because we're going to be looking at some of the versions where it actually uses something else as opposed to the word Pentecost. Now we're going to look at Acts specifically. I know the English is a little bit hard to read, but we're going to look at Acts chapter 2, verses 1 specifically. And when you see it, you actually see here, it says, when the 50th day was come. So you see that this version uses the word 50th day, or should I say the phrase 50th day, as opposed to Pentecost. Now, I've looked at this version, and if you go to page 186, you'll see that it uses the word uh, Pentecost at Acts chapter 20, verse 16. And then if you go to page 239, I tried to make out what it said in 1 Corinthians 16, 8 in this version, and I just was not able to. But then there's another version, too, which is this one. It's called the Great B-I-B-L-E from 1540. And again, this is Acts chapter 2, verses 1, and this is on page 475 specifically, and it says, when the 50 days were come to an end, if you can see it right here, it says 50 days as opposed to the word Pentecost, although if you look at page 483, it does in fact use the word Pentecost, but in this particular version alone, what I also thought was interesting is if you actually look at 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 8, and we're going to go to that here because this is the Corinthians this is the 16th chapter and if you go all the way down you'll see right here that it says I will tarry at Ephesus until the 50th day so it says right here the 50th day in this version too
Why is that so important to note? And why is that so important to know? Because even these versions are two witnesses to what? The 50 days and how there's an additional 50 day count as opposed to just 50 days total. There's the seven Shabbat count. And then after that, there's another 50 days. And then after that 50 days is when you arrive at the Pentecost. And I'm also reminded, too, what Colossians chapter 2, verses 16 through 17 say, which talk about how all of these feasts are to do what? They're an observance and a foreshadow of the things to come, of the deliverance to come, and they foreshadow the deliverance to come. So whether or not you observe Pentecost Shavuah, whether or not you observed it today or last week or the week before, or if you're going to be observing it soon, as I will, Prayerfully, you had a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Pentecost, a wonderful Shabuah, and prayerfully, this video was very helpful indeed. And like I said, if you're wondering how I'm observing a Shabuah and doing the count and observing the feasts all together, including the spring ones and the fall ones, please email me once again at truthdumbbell77 at gmail.com. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, or even recommendations on the scriptures, and if you would like more understanding, or if you just have any questions for me, please feel free to email me at truthunveiled77 at gmail.com. Again, my email is just truthunveiled77, two sevens, not three, at gmail.com. Also, if you have any questions regarding scriptures, and if you would like a recommendation of what scriptures that I use and the scriptures that I recommend, also email me at truthunveiled77 at gmail.com and make sure to put scriptures in the title of the email. If you have any questions about anything else, please be sure to email me. Prayerfully, this lesson was very helpful unto you. This is Truth Unveiled here saying shalom. Could the biblical year ahead...